Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. Hour number two as we continue on discussing LSU sports. We'll move on from Will Wade's reinstatement. Of course, we'll talk about that more with you as the hour goes along. But LSU baseball losing two of three to Mizzou over the weekend. Just a bad series loss. Bad series loss for LSU, who saw a relative kind of break in the schedule, more manageable schedule than their opening few weeks were, and of course the closing few weeks the SEC play was. But you had just a disaster in the first game that they ended up winning, disaster pitching-wise, and then they lose two games over the weekend. And now the questions arise once again, well, can this team rise to the expectations that everybody set for them in the preseason, which was kind of college world series or bust for this group that had so much talent returning. It's of course, still possible. We're only in the middle of the conference play. And we know Paul Maneri's clubs, they're better towards the end of the conference season. And certainly as you get into SEC conference play and on into the regional and super regional, this isn't really out of precedent for Paul Maneri and his clubs. But just say we're on notice here after this series loss. But I don't think the sky's falling like a lot of you think, at least according to the text line. Let's bring on in James Moran at TigerAg.com to talk about it. Welcome to the show, James. And, and look, is, is the sky falling? Am I wrong here? Is the sky falling for LSU? I don't think the sky is falling because of the loss series to Missouri. I think Missouri's pretty good. And I, I think the bigger problem this team's dealing with right now is just that I mean, they're dealing with a rash of injuries that, that rivals last year, and last year was kind of unlike anything I'd ever seen before. I mean, you I guess I can run through the laundry list if you'd like, but Zach Cass has a groin injury. They, they It doesn't sound likely he's going to be able to pitch this week. Um, he had an injury to his other groin before the season, and that kept him out for two weeks. So if you want to use that as a rough timetable, but LSU is not really using a timetable at this point. They're just going to kind of – wait and see how he feels. They're probably going to be without both Chris Reed and Zach Watson tomorrow night when they play uh, the Cajuns in the Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic. Um, Reed's dealing with a bit of a tight hamstring. Watson, who I guess is pulmonary, says is the worst of the two, is dealing with a groin injury himself. Uh, They haven't been ruled out for this weekend, so hopefully they could be back for Florida if you're LSU, but those two guys aren't going to be available tomorrow night. They might be without Hal Hughes who uh, collided with with Brant Broussard against the Missouri series. And then obviously the pitching. I mean, they're still without Jaden Hill, who's, who's been out with a sore arm since the second week of the year. Uh, now Landon Marceau, who just came back, is, is hurt again. So they're going to be without him this week. Uh, they're just really short on guys. And going into a short week, it, it's kind of not ideal because, you know, I think the ob- the obvious thing to do would be if Hess is out, you you bump up Cole Henry, you bump up Eric Walker, and you figure out Sunday. But because it's a short week where those guys are already pitching on one day shorter rest than normal, um, I, I don't think LSU is going to do that. Uh, they don't normally ask their guys to go on four days rest outside of a real emergency situation. So I think my gut is that either Mikhail Hilliard steps into that role for now 
or LSU does kind of something similar to a, to a Johnny Hole staff or an opener or whatever you want to call it, where they just kind of piece it together. But obviously the danger of doing that in a series opener is you could deplete your bullpen for the rest of the weekend. And that's, that's not what anybody wants in a, going into an SEC series. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do in terms of their pitching. I think it's going to be a bunch of guys that, you know, if you look at the guys that they normally pitch in the midweek, uh, it's going to be those guys. But, you know, if you probably see a lot of Clay Moffitt, you'll see Ryan Gunter and Trey, Trent Fittmeyer and probably Beck and, and Fano and Peterson if they get a lead. But they're going to have to be really careful not to use anybody for very long tomorrow night because, you know, they got to keep as many guys available to pitch that Thursday night game as possible if Zach has can't go. Yeah, the rash of injuries has just been incredible, like you mentioned, James, going back to last year and really the last uh, – if you look at this year, they act between the three guys I mentioned, Hess, Watson, and Reed. They lost three guys to different leg injuries within 11 innings, which is honestly not something I can ever remember seeing in a baseball season. It's it's just odd, and this continues to trend for LSU for the last few years. I was talking to multiple people about this over the over the weekend and on into last week. And it's not just LSU that's seeing this, especially when you look at pitchers, James. You know this. There's more injuries now at the college level. It's it's crazy. It's the pro level. I mean, it seems like it's never been – despite the fact that pitchers are are going shorter amounts of time than they ever have in the history of baseball, there's just this rash of injuries. And people always ask me, like, well, well, what's causing it? Well, if I knew – if I could tell you that definitively, I probably wouldn't. I think some – major league team would probably pay a lot of money. (laughs) You'd be in demand, yeah. But I think it's some kind of mix between these guys throwing all year round in high school with travel ball and, you know, everybody has a high school pitching coach and travel pitching coach and a personal pitching coach. And, you know, these showcases where they go and they just try to throw as hard as they can. Maybe it's something with having to do with adjusting from the high school workload to the college workload. Uh, these are just ideas I've heard from different people I've talked to about it. But uh, the more concerning, it's, as weird as this is going to say, I think you're more concerned about the position players at this point. I mean, right now, let, let's say how Hughes isn't available. LSU goes in tomorrow night with 11 healthy position players and three of them are catchers. You know, I mean, all of a sudden you're probably going to have to play Brant Broussard or Drew Bianco at third base, which I don't think was ever really part of the plan for this year. Um, obviously Josh Smith's going to be your horse. You're going to need him to play every second of every inning while those other guys are out. Um, they do have a good, a good situation in the outfield because they, I, I've liked that they've liked obviously what they've gotten out of Giovanni to Giacomo, who's really been a godsend as they've dealt with injuries first to Daniel Cabrera and now to Zach Watson. It's James Moran joining us here on the last lap at smartest Moran on Twitter. And that 20-win plateau in conference play is something Paul Maneri has openly talked about. Uh, with these injuries, that it seems like a stretch with five series you know, what, five series left in conference play here that they're going to get there, James. Is, is that out of reach now? I don't think it's out of reach because I actually think the schedule in the back half of the year is easier than the front half. I mean, when you look at their first five series, they're 9-6. They're, they're a game out of first place, so I, I wouldn't make – I wouldn't – be too hung up on the results. I mean, when you consider the injuries they've dealt with, being nine and six, having played three road series is, isn't that bad, especially when you figure that they've arguably got their two hardest series out of the way and at Mississippi State and at Georgia, which for my money will be the two hardest series they play all year. Um, Florida, who they play this weekend, is actually pretty down for, for Florida. I mean, they 
I don't know how they did last weekend. I was I was pretty locked into the golf, so I'm well, my apologies for that. But they that coming into last weekend, they were one and eight against ranked teams, having lost those games something like ninety nine to forty. Yeah, they they won that series by the way, James. Uh, two out of three last week. <laughs> Naturally, so yep, they're probably yep. just figuring it out just in time to play LSU. <laughs> but you get that, you get Auburn and Alabama, who are probably. I don't want to say the two weakest teams in the West, but I think they're the two teams near the bottom of the West standings right now. Uh, you get those two teams, including one of them at home. You get Old Miss at home, who's coming off a disastrous weekend in which they got swept. So I, I think that if LSU can get healthy and can kind of tread water for the next week or so until these guys come back, that I wouldn't really rule out any of their goals. But this definitely isn't uh, the start to the season I think you imagined when they were the consensus number one team coming into the year, our consensus top five team. I guess some had Vanderbilt one, some had UCLA. But but I agree, this was a team with Omaha bust expectations. I don't think those are out the window, but I think the clock is still ticking. Though, again, I would, I'd always use this same disclaimer. I, I've covered this team for five years, and like clockwork, they are better at the end of the year than they are in the middle, and this always seems to kind of take this route. But the one thing that's different is uh, – they have a ton of injuries that I'm just eventually, you know, you can say next man up all you want, but there's a reason one guy's playing over another. And eventually you start having a weaker lineup. What I'd really be concerned about is their defense. I mean, you know, I'm not, this, this is no knock on, on Bianco or, or even Broussard, but how or Chris Reed was really steady at third base aside from one bad weekend where he made a few errors and how Hughes is probably all around their best defender as is Zach Watson. I mean, those are probably their two best defenders at the second and third levels of the defense. And you're going to be without them and you're without Zach Hess, your best strikeout pitcher, which means whoever's pitching, there's probably going to be a lot more contact. That would, uh, that concerns me a little bit in terms of the next couple weeks. So is it time James to start lowering expectations because of these injuries? If we're being objective and fair, is it start time to start lowering Um, those college world series or bus expectations? I don't think so. I mean, I don't don't think LSU would do would, um, I would say that people should be a little bit less wrapped up. And if they drop a midweek game here or there where they're pitching the, you know, the last five guys on the staff. But I think in terms of SEC stuff, I, I don't think the expectations have really changed at all. I think they're just going to need to figure it out. Because, I mean, look, the one thing with LSU baseball is people are never going to lower the expectations. I mean, you, we can say it would be fair to, but I don't think people are going to. So uh, I would say that, Considering the struggles Florida had, even though they won the series last weekend, I still think they're going into the series thinking they got to win two out of three. It's James Moran, who covers Tiger sports and Tiger baseball for TigerAg.com. Always appreciate the chats, James. Thanks so much. No problem, Seth. Thanks for having me on, man. We'll talk soon. You bet. And you can find his work at TigerAg.com. And, of course, yeah, follow him on Twitter. One of the great Twitter tags, Twitter handles out there, at Smartest moran follow him there we'll take a break i want to turn the page from lsu let's let's talk some tiger let's talk some masters and what we saw yesterday one of the one of the great sports stories of our time great sports moments of our time you might disagree 
That's okay. That's why we have the show. Give us a call, 504-260-1870. Open lines, talking Tiger, talking Masters. What'd you think yesterday? Next on The Last Lap. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet? during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.